help! Run! A big, stupid, ugly ogre. Welcome to the Jacket Cast. I'm Brad. And I'm Kelly. So, we are about 10 minutes after the Carolina game just went off the air. And not a very pretty sight, if you ask me. Not a good game for anybody. No, and we'll get to that uh, because of the goalie change. But let's start with some good news. All-Star rosters came out today, and the Blue Jackets are sending three representatives to Los Angeles this year. Bob, Seth Jones, and Tortorella. Do you think Tortorella's just like, ugh, why me? Yes, I do, actually. So, I'm kind of a little miffed that it's this new style, because I feel like if it was the old style with a real roster, we would have seen... Cam and Zach make it too, and maybe Felino or Winberg. I was really upset about Wierenski not making it, but as the day has gone on, I'm more outraged about Cam, and I know it doesn't mean anything, and obviously it's not actually based on how the players are currently playing, but uh, Cam deserved to go. So I'm a little miffed. Yeah, if there's one thing I've learned about the All-Star game, it's that current performance really doesn't matter. It's about previous performance and name value. I would say there was a clip going around, and I don't know what sports show it was because I don't watch sports shows. Uh, But I watched the clip, and their point was he may never be playing this well on a winning team ever again. And this may have been his shot and he didn't get it for really no particular reason besides they needed another penguin or something. Um, Seth Jones, I'm okay with him being on the team. I would have sent Wierenski first, but Seth Jones is fine with me. Yeah. That's kind of a tough position because I was, like, well, why did they pick Seth? I feel like Zach's been a bigger factor on the team. And then I was like, well, why am I upset? Zach's really, I mean, Seth is a really good player. He's having a really good season. Like that kind of shows you where their top pairings at, where you can be offended by one of them getting picked over the other. Yeah, there was a whole arc of emotion with the All-Star game. And none of it for me was really that serious. I mean, we're talking really seriously about it right now um but it's 10 o'clock at night (laughs) and uh, we just watched a terrible game yeah but um yeah i'm really not like that but out of shape about it as i think it's gonna sound those are just the random thoughts i were i was having throughout the day yeah that's kind of where i was at like i said it was a back and forth of the first thought being like wow why did they pick him over zach then it was like well you know, he's really good defensive in two. I shouldn't be upset that a blue jacket got picked over another one. So, but the thing that's been kind of you know, back and forth 
roller coaster of emotions for me has been the waving of C-Mac that happened yesterday and then the subsequent pickup by Toronto. So my first thought was, why are they doing this? It was one game. And let's be honest, it was a very bad game. Yeah, you said at the time that he had or that he was really shaky even behind the net during that game. Well, like every time he would play the puck behind the net, he would either he would always do the wrong thing with it. And he was just struggling really hard. Now, the final goal that he gave up that he took a lot of heat for, uh, I don't feel like that was his fault. I feel like that was Seth Jones's fault. Because when it's one-on-one, I feel like you can't put anything on the goalie. Now, the one that I thought he was terrible on, I think, was the... Power play goal. And where he didn't even put his arm out all the way. And I don't know what he was thinking on that one. That one was really bad. But my problem with that was, yeah, he played poorly. But you can't get rid of someone after they play poorly. In the Arizona games and the LA games, I thought he was excellent. He made some big saves and helped them win those games. And I feel like you shouldn't shake things up like this when you're in the middle of a playoff hunt. So the theories I've seen are that they didn't have the faith in C-Mac to get them through the playoffs to give Bob the breaks that he needed. They did not think that he was the guy to do that. They didn't think the team trusted him to do that either. Um, so they waived him, which I wouldn't have a problem with if that didn't mean that they lost him and they did. See, that was the problem with it is if you were going to waive him, it was an almost guarantee he was going to get picked up because there's at least at least six teams you could list right off the top of your head that would want him. Toronto being the main one because they're terrible and with their backup. And I mean, other ones like Boston has a shaky backup. Edmonton could probably use him. Like there was just a lot of teams that needed that depth. And I and the problem I have with that first theory in my head is Okay, so you don't trust him for the playoffs. You trust Forsberg and Corpusalo in place of C-Mac. Which brings us to tonight's game. So Forsberg played because Bob got ill. And uh, I would call that an almost textbook Forsberg game from the Forsberg we've seen so far. I didn't see anything different. Had a lot of trouble... Um, had a lot of trouble with his rebounds. Uh, the angles seemed to throw him off as always. Uh, I don't think all of the goals are his fault. The team was letting him down a bit. And the only real improvement I saw is he did not look like a scared little turtle out there. Yeah, he came out much more confident. He came out like the goalie that won the Calder Cup. In his demeanor... Before you could sense the nerves on him, I mean, our joke about him last year was they need to not tell him when he's going to play and just push him out there on game day because otherwise he was too nervous. I believe we said to just have Prout and Bull pick him up and dump him on the ice. And then it's go time. (laughs) But he seemed much more confident today, but that did not help anything else. 
And see, that's the problem. If you really wanted to give Forsberg a chance, you should have done this at the beginning of the season because now you don't have a backup. I believe your angry sentence was something like, I can't believe they found a way to sabotage this. Like the success. The su- success. Yeah, that's that. that's my feeling about it. So I guess my, my personal theory is what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and give Forsberg about to the all-star break and then come back with Corpusalo and then trade a prospect for a backup at the deadline. That's what I think is going to happen. It's what they're going to have to do. If Forsberg or Corpy can't, can't stand in the crease, then they have to get another backup. So let's let's talk about Forsberg a little bit. So he this was his actually 10th NHL game. So in the 2014-2015 season, he played in five games. He lost four of those, and his save percentage was 866, and his goals against average was 469. We saw two of his starts, and they were not pretty. Not pretty at all. So then we come back to last season. He played in four games, started three of them. He went one and three, and his save percentage was a 907, and his goal against average was 3.03. So he was a little better, but I don't think that's quite what you want to see from a prospect. Now, I will give him that he did have he did have a good game. I think it was even against maybe Carolina last year where he gave up only like two goals and they totally let him down. And I think Tortorella really got on everyone's case about that. And he did have the shootout performance where he came in and won it against Washington. Those are probably his highlights of the of his NHL career so far. Oh, I forgot about that. When C-Mac got hurt, when there was that bad patch of ice and they didn't do anything about it until C-Mac sprained his ankle. That's why we said they needed to just start like throwing him out there and not telling him. Yeah, he won that one. So then we go to Corpus Allo and, you know, we, we, he's remembered fondly for a season last year. Uh, I still have bad flashbacks of those really long goals he gave, he gave up. But the problem is, is he hasn't played well since the playoffs last year in the AHL. The other part of what that means is that he has not played much in the AHL. It's been all Forsberg. So I guess the question there is, can he recapture that NHL magic or was he a flash in the pan? Because I think what's going to happen is I think Forsberg's going to is going to wash out if he keeps playing like he did tonight. So then that's going to come back to Corpusalo and the same question is going to be, okay, well, is he going to recapture that magic or, or is he going to flounder too? So of course you have the people who are saying it was one game, give him time. Don't panic yet. My biggest argument with that or concern about it is what you said to start this conversation which was it was the same old Forsberg it was the rebounds that messed him up it was the angles he did start to get flustered after I think uh, the second goal the one where they 
got the rebound back around him mm-hmm. and behind him. Um, and it just there's no C Max safety net. But this is hard. Like I want Forsberg to do well. I I want Corpy to do well, and it's just it was bad. Today was bad, and I'm I'm hoping that Forsberg does better on his next outing. But I did not see a difference besides his confidence between this year and last year. And like I said, you're you're playing for a playoffs now. You're not a bad team that teams are coming in and gonna play a little lighter on. You are you have a target on your back now and you've put in a totally unproven commodity. And if either of them do prove themselves, they might be gone in the expansion draft. So then there's next year's. That's the other dumb thing I think about the CMAC wave is you took away someone that you could have left unprotected in your organization and you've exposed someone that's possibly a little more valuable. I don't know about Forsberg at this point, but. Corbusalo's contract is up at the end of this year anyway, so they're going to have to make a decision about him. So they've had a rough stretch here. They are one and three since the 16 game win streak uh, ended. So, I mean, I think that was going to happen because because there's a bit of a hangover from riding that high. Well, there's also the backup goalies. Two of those losses were not Bob's losses. Right. And the one loss that was Bob's loss shouldn't have happened. That was, I think that was just bad luck, that Washington game, because that was some fluky stuff that went in, and then, then they just kind of, that game that game got out of control on them. And really, I think they should have won the Rangers game. They really collapsed at the end of that game. Yeah, they didn't come out in the third at all. It was like two entirely different teams. And really, I didn't think they played that well at, during the Flyers game. I remember I was sitting there thinking it was like it was like a roller coaster during the Flyers game. It was like, they're good, they're bad. They're good, they're bad. It was. I, I didn't know what to tweet. Like every time I'd take my phone out to say, wow, they really suck, they would do something amazing. So when I wanted to tweet, wow, they just did something amazing. They would do something that really sucked. So I just didn't tweet anything because it was so back and forth. And I mean, with all this said, they have 60 points right now. That's 20 wins. And they have 42 games to get the equivalent of 40 points. So they have to get a little less than a point a game to make it to 100. And they're still the number one team in the NHL. Yeah. I don't know for how much longer. But they are right now. I I always expected them to fall into about the three spot. Because, I mean, one is really hard, especially in that division with Pittsburgh playing the way they are. And while I think the Rangers are in trouble, I don't think um, I don't think what the Blue Jackets were, were doing at the pace they were was sustainable. I think. I think they're given for the playoffs. I think they can win a playoff series. But I don't think they were going to stay at the top of the NHL. That's just, that's tough. And it was always going to be, it's always, this entire season has been and will be just a down and out. 
dirty fist fight between the top four teams in the Metro for that spot. And I think they're just going to trade it off over and over again. And the truth of the matter is this is a really fluky season where the best teams are concentrated in a single division like this. The division and the conference. The division is stronger than than the other division, but together, like, it's it's a strong conference. Because if they were still in the Western Conference, they would be running away right now. They would just be an out-of-control, like, train that wasn't going to be stopped. But the thing that's been rough is these points they've been giving up have been in their own division. It was a bad time to hit a hit a slide. Yeah, because they had barely played any division games coming into the last couple weeks. And now they're in their division. And it's hard to say if they're struggling against the teams because it's the division teams and they're better or if this was just when they were going to slide anyway. So it's a combination of those things. I think I think this is a hard time of year for a team because you've been playing a long time. You're right smack. You're not at the beginning of the season. You're not careening towards the end of the season. You're smack exactly in the middle of the season. Like this is the doldrums of the season, I think, as a player. So I think what it is is you're just trying to get to the all-star break. So you can get that week, week and a half off, and then you can come out, and then it's go time. That's the, that's the home stretch for the end of the season. But like right now is just, I think this is the part of the season that just sucks because you're, you're nowhere. You don't know if you're bad. Well, if you're Arizona and Colorado, you know you're bad. But like, you got a long way to go. You played a lot of games. There's a lot of mileage. I think it's just rough. This is like being. This is like Wednesday of your work week for them. So we're not panicking. Uh, They're going to make the playoffs. We think they would do well in the playoffs. We're just really befuddled by what that backup goalie situation is going to look like and how that is going to affect the playoffs and the run to the playoffs. I'm not panicking, but I am worried. I feel like they've created a lot of uncertainty and where they might have been able to play Bob less in the home stretch, I feel like they're going to overplay him now because you don't know what you're going to get if you don't play Bob. Which is why they wave C-Mac. But now we don't have him either. I really just don't know why they did it. Like, why did you do it? If you if you had that little confidence in C-Mac, why didn't you make a move in the offseason? I've seen that, I think it was Portsland or Bobby Mack, or maybe both, said that the the team really expected Corpusalo or Forsberg to take that backup goalie position from C-Mac in training camp, and it didn't happen. So this was... I guess them forcing that issue? I don't know. But they expected Forsberg or Corby to step up during training camp. I don't like that logic because if they couldn't take it during training camp, what does just giving them that position do? Apparently a, what, five to three game? And the thing was, if you're going by record, C-Mac was 2-1-2. and two. So he got you to two shootouts or two overtimes 
he won you two games and then he lost one. Like, I just, I don't see the need for that move. You don't know, you wouldn't expect much else from a backup goalie. Is that what you're saying? No. And I've said on this show before, I expect a backup to play 20 games a year and go eight and 12. That's what I expect from a backup. So that's the other problem with Forsberg or Corpusalo. Even if one of them starts to play well, they will be sitting on the bench all the time. Nine out of ten games, they will be sitting on the bench. And uh, I think it's pretty obvious that Forsberg needs some more NHL speed and uh, angles and just that whole thought process he needs more exposure to they need like a they need like an app alert for season ticket holders like forsberg's playing tonight we uploaded your tickets to the ticket exchange for half their value good luck (laughs) (laughs) and i remember our first forsberg game uh we were on the attack twice side Was it the Tampa Bay game? I don't remember who they were playing. I just remember being really excited and really happy for him. And uh, that ended quickly. And yeah, getting my heart broken. So, and I, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit today, but I think we've seen almost every game he's played at home, even in 14, 15. I think we were there for most of those. We missed one, I think. Yeah. Um, we saw him in Cleveland, once and he got pulled. Did mm-hmm. he get pulled the second time we saw him in Cleveland? No, I think Thiessen played the second time. Played the whole time. Because we were mad when we went in October. Because it was Thiessen. Yeah. <clears throat> Who did well. Um, but yeah, so we have not seen him play well anywhere. Not even in the AHL. So I was saying that I really can't go with my gut on him. I don't have... I mean, unless my gut is he's just not going to make it. Like, I, I'm really biased because I've never seen him play well live, and I have seen him play live. Five-ish times, I think. Yeah. Six times. I think he played well for us one game last year, but the team played like garbage around him. Because I remember there was a game we went – and he played really well, and the team just let him down. And we were like, you've got to win those games when you're... Because you don't know how many good games you're going to get out of him. Yeah. So I can't... I don't have a feeling. I mean, maybe I don't want to have a feeling because it's just... I don't trust Forsberg. I don't think he's... But I don't know. I don't think that means that he won't do well. I just... I don't know. It's bad. I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> Because the thing is, you kind of knew what you were getting out of C-Mac if he was going in for the night. You knew he might play bad, but he'll probably do an adequate enough job for you. And with Forsberg, you just don't know. Like, when they're coming in on... like, And it was happening tonight. When they're coming in on Forsberg, even if it's a shot that, like, Bob or C-Mac, you know would stop, you're like, oh my gosh, what's he going to do? Is he just going to, like, completely dive the wrong way and and give up a goal there? The team did not help tonight. Um, they were playing like they were asleep. They were playing sloppily. The one goal was because Wenberg messed up. Wenberg never messes up. I get the team did not help Forsberg tonight. 
And I've, I, I kept, how many times do you think I said tonight, I, I hate Carolina because the last two years they cannot beat Carolina to save their life. And that's the team that always hurts them because they don't beat them when they should. At least five. At least. So we're getting into the halfway point of the season. I think the next game is the halfway point. Which I'm really excited about because I'm tired of people saying, the season's not even half over, blah, 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 good or bad. Like, I'm tired of it. I really want the season to be half over so people will stop saying that. I'm really ready for the All-Star break and that final push because the NHL scheduling has been killing me with these home games. It's like there's, there's no hockey for two weeks and then we live there for a solid week. It's just weird. Well, it's hard as a crowd because, like, so we went... This weekend was a doubleheader both nights. For starters, when you work for a living, you don't want to be at the hockey arena Saturday and Sunday. And then on top of that, when you go on Sunday, you don't have any energy because you were just there. And it's like, why am I here again? I mean, to be fair, these are really, like, hashtag first world problems and we could have sold those Sunday tickets. But I think the complaint is more we would enjoy it more if it was not back to back or if it wasn't a week off, a week on and a little bit better spread out. Some of this is personal and how I am as a human being. But last year there was like a flow and kind of a routine to it. Like you kind of knew Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. And it would. And if it wasn't Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're probably going like a Tuesday and a Saturday or like a t- Thursday and a Saturday or something like that. There was like a flow to it. You kind of knew you're going to be there two or three times a week. And there were some there were some outliers there, but it was pretty consistent. And this year, it's really like you don't go for two weeks. You're there for four games in a week, and then you don't go for a week again. And it's just kind of tiring. And I mean, you can't blame the team for that either. That's the NHL, but it just, I know, and I know the schedule's condensed, but I really hope the players win that argument for no Olympics because I don't want to have to do this for an Olympic season. I saw or heard, it might've been Bobby Mack was talking about the NHL scheduling and um, it really made me wonder if the Blue Jackets always get these awful back-to-backs and really weird schedules except i know every team in the league this year feels like they have a a wonky schedule Um, at least i know the fans seem to but because we don't have a basketball team playing in the same arena because they're not scheduling around as much for the blue jackets that's why we get everything and all the weird stuff because they're not scheduling around as much for our arena they don't also get those weird um, scheduling quirks because they're not one of the four teams that NBC Sports Night only plays. Yeah. Like I said, halfway through the season, how are you feeling, I guess, overall about what we've seen and what we have to look forward to? And I feel good about what we've seen. Uh, the Jackets have not been a machine. They've not been pretty. They've not been perfect. Even during the 16-game win streak, there were games they should not have won. Uh, There were games that they played like poo during and still won. But they found a way to win. 
they've gotten their confidence, their tenacity, their fortitude seems to be back. Enough guys are getting lucky. Enough guys are rotating around who gets a goal that night that, um, I mean, they really inspire confidence when they're down. I don't think, oh, that's it. It's over. If Bob's kind of having an off night, I'm not thinking to myself, you know, well, I'm going to go or I'm going to sit here and play on my phone now because this is useless. That never happens. I never feel like they're out of it. I always feel like they can turn it on whenever they want to. So, um, I'm not going to say right now, oh, they're, they're a machine and they're going to plow through all this because they're not, they, they still have their flaws. They still have their moments. Um, but they're definitely, I mean, you can't deny it. They're the best team in the NHL. They're not the lovable underdogs anymore. I, I really don't know how to root for a team that's not a lovable underdog. I'm trying. Maybe that's why I'm trying to make them still sound like lovable underdogs. But when you see them night in and night out, you see those flaws. And when you're really, really hoping for the playoffs, I think sometimes you focus on them too much. I think winning sometimes is almost worse than losing in your head um, for me as a fan. And I just have to remember they're the best team in the NHL. Like, enjoy it. And they are. They're pulling it off more times than not. I think we're good to go. I was looking at the Wallow players while you were talking and realized that C-Mac and Bull need to come down and go on the other side, which is going to be the former players' wall. Oh, do you have a plan for that? Yeah. Oh, speaking of the wall, Tootin is there. Oh, yeah, he is too. And he is in a third jersey, which are not going to be made next year when Adidas takes over the jersey making. How do you feel about the third jersey going away for a season? Well, I am not a huge fan of the Blue Jackets third jersey to begin with because it, uh, I don't like the I don't like the color scheme. I don't like the way they look when they're playing. I don't like the I don't like the cannon as much as the logo. Um, I don't like the the strings that make them look like a hoodie without a hood. I'm not particularly a fan. I I do like the concept of the third jersey. I think some teams have some excellent third jerseys. And I'm going to overall be sad to see them go. And I hope they come back quickly. A lot of teams are also going to be changing their jerseys next year. The Oilers are going with the orange one instead of the blue one. Some of the teams are expected to do their third instead of their main instead. Let's, let's Let's just talk about this real quick. If you're a pro sports team, do not do bright orange. It's <laughs> ugly. No one wants to wear bright orange. No one wants to watch bright orange. Yeah. Unless you are the Broncos from the 80s, don't do it. Um, but So there's speculation that the Blue Jackets will change their jersey. And there's some hope among Twitter that it'll be the canon. Not the canon jersey, but that the star and the... Ohio flag will be replaced with the cannon and the current jersey's color scheme. How would you feel about that? That would be garbage and I would be very much against it because the garbage the 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 star Ohio flag is very nifty 
it gives the team a very strong, like identifiable identity. Cause you can just take one look at that and you know what that is. Whereas the cannon's not as cool. It's clunkier. It's just, I don't like it as much. I don't have anything against it, but you're replacing like, you're replacing a very good symbol with a mediocre one, in my opinion. Well, looking at them on our wall, kind of side by side, the main jersey pops. Like, it's a bigger symbol. You know what it is. The cannon patch, you can't really, like, I see wheels, and I see there's some words around it, but it's really not that obvious to me what it is so i see what you're saying there i think it could be done well i mean if they were going to redo it i think it could be better i would i would honestly find myself less attached to the team with the canon logo as the primary logo a lot of people like the canon logo because of its association with the civil war and they like anything that makes the team reference its civil war name roots more I can understand that, but there are ways to do that without going with an inferior logo. Because I look around, I look around our our little room here, and you see the you see the flag and the star everywhere, and it's cool. Like it's just it's nifty. Like I've strategically put it in places around the studio, and it pops where it is. Whereas I don't think the I don't think the canon would have that same pop to it. I don't think if someone if someone was kind of aware of the Blue Jackets, I don't think they would come into this room and see the canon and be like, oh, the Blue Jackets. Whereas I think if even if you're moderately aware of them and you see that star and flag, you go, that's the Blue Jackets because that's a very... It's not iconic because they haven't been around long enough, but it's it's symbolic of what they are. Like it's, it immediately, like it's familiar. Like it immediately triggers like that thought in your head. Whereas I don't think the canon would ever become that. It's going to be interesting for sure. And definitely divisive if they decide to change it. Now I do hope, I do hope the ducks go back to the old duck hockey mask logo and get rid of that stupid D logo they've got. That's my biggest hope. I liked a lot of other teams' thirds. Like, enough that I'd be fine if those teams switched, because they're not my team. But there's a, I, I can't remember. There was one recently. It was like, oh, I really liked that. Was it Minnesota? Yeah, Maybe the Wilds' so. thirds I really liked. I don't know. What do you think about switching the logo? Because I guess we focused on my thoughts on that. Um, and I apologize. I am in the second-ish week of another cold. You're kind of heading into week three. I am heading into week three. Um, This one was worse than the last one, so that was fun. So excuse my congestion. But um, I... uh, It depends on what it'll be, I guess. I'm with you. I don't necessarily think that the current canon would work or be as as visually appealing um but i mean we just have to see they're gonna do what they're gonna do and i also don't want to i'm saying this for people that aren't me too i don't want to have to go through everything and change everything because they change the logo 
Like, that would bother me. Well, let's talk about the problem with Boomer and kind of the problem with Bob's mask and kind of the problem with going with the cannon on everything. So it's kind of phallic. And you have to do it right to not, like, bring that to mind right away. Yeah, but Bob's Bob's thing really focuses more on the wheel than it the does. cannon. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Uh, Bob's mask always kind of makes me think about it. Because you have the big wheel, but then you have the cannon itself like going up over his head. It always be things of like college and people falling asleep. And I'm looking behind me right now because there's stuff on the wall behind me that it, when we do this, I look at certain things and Kelly looks at certain things. Like she looks at the game day poster and the Bob poster. And I look at our pictures with Stinger and like a plaque of the blue jackets. But I was looking at the Bob poster while you were talking and the cannon would not look good on that. That poster would not be as cool with the cannon. I understand that. And I also don't... I, I'm also looking at the third jersey. And I'm sorry, this is so stream of consciousness, but we're kind of like looking around. The third jersey does not have red. And when you take the red away, it loses that pop. The hope of what the people I was reading on Twitter was that it was going to be the same color scheme as the main one, just with... Like a cannon logo instead of the star. I do not support that. That would be like Cleveland putting the elf back on the Browns helmet. <laughs> the brownie. And the brownie's funny and he's cool like by himself, but I do not want the brownie on the helmet. He's cool on a hat. Yeah. It's the same thing. I don't want the dog on the Browns helmet. So we touched on the streak a teeny tiny bit, but let's give it some more time because we didn't podcast at all during the streak. And we actually missed a lot of games during the streak because we keep getting sick. Um, we watched on TV, though, obviously. Yeah, I, I was sick pretty much from October to February last year, and I kind of decided... If I'm going to have a cold, I'm not going to go to the game because I kind of am blaming going to all those games while I was sick on being sick for so long. So, unfortunately, I was sick twice in a month, so that was a lot of missed games. So, 16 games. I think we missed three of the home games during that stretch. That sounds right. So, it got pretty crazy as it progressed because... I don't know. I started I started having my fears before games that they were going to lose. Like, going into the Pittsburgh game, I was really worried they were going to lose big. They walloped on Pittsburgh. Creamed them. And I bet it is almost everybody's favorite moment, of, uh, favorite moment as a Blue Jackets fan in recent memory. And then, you know, then Montreal's coming. It's like, well, they got up for Pittsburgh because it's Pittsburgh. Well, Montreal's going to get them. And then they... They beat Montreal, but then Boston comes in and you're like, well, they can't beat Boston and Bob's never beaten Boston. It's going to end there. And then they beat Boston and it's like, well, I'm so happy for Bob. Yeah. And then it's like, well, there's this huge Minnesota game on New Year's Eve, but there, there's no way they're going to screw that up and look past Winnipeg. But then they beat Winnipeg and then it comes to the Minnesota game and it's like, you know what? If they lose here, there's no shame in that. And then they beat Minnesota. And it's like, okay, well, that big game's over. Now they're talking about this streak thing. 
And so then they beat Edmonton, which actually I thought the Edmonton game was their best performance in that streak other than the Pittsburgh game. So then they get to the game to tie it with Washington, and then the wheels just kind of came off, unfortunately. I was not worried about the Capitals game. The Blue Jackets always play the Capitals well. I mean, I was worried in a... They are one of the best teams in the league. They were the best team in the league last year. They're not a team that you need to un- that you can underestimate at all. Braden Holby's amazing, but it's not a it's not a game that I had a bad feeling about because they match up well against the Capitals, and even usually when it gets to overtime, they still manage to find a way with the Capitals. But it just didn't just didn't happen, and uh, we always knew. I guess I say we always knew. I always thought that when the streak ended, it was going to be something horrific. Um, and it actually wasn't that horrific. I know the score was 0-5, but they played really well the first two periods. Braden Holby was just playing out of his mind, and they couldn't get anything past him. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't that disappointed in their play. And I was really happy it wasn't an 0 and 10 like we did to Montreal. So, yeah, I uh, I thought there was a good chance they were gonna lose to Washington, just because I knew they were in my head. I didn't think they were gonna break the record. I thought they were either gonna beat Washington and then lose to New York, or they weren't gonna get to the New York game. Just because that is such a, those are such big games. And you could really see the mental toll it was taking on them as it progressed because I don't think people realize it's like you don't want to be the guy that makes the mistake that ends the streak. When you said a couple times they were playing like a team who had won 14 games in a row, they were playing like a team that won 13 games in a row, and they were starting to have those mental lapses just because they thought or didn't think, but I mean... It's hard. They, they, they're only the second team to win more than 16 games in NHL's entire 100-year history. The first team since 92, 93 Penguins. I mean, it was, it was a lot, and it was long, and you could, you could see it sometimes. And you just need that. You need the pressure off. You need the mental reset. You could just see it, I think. The Vancouver game is where you really started to see that that wear and tear on them. And it would go away at points like the Pittsburgh game, like they came out on fire in that Pittsburgh game and just destroyed them. But all the games around that, you could see that struggle. So Tortorella after the streak was over was, I think, the happiest I've ever seen him. He was really happy the streak was over. Um, I think it was because he could let up and say, okay, guys, it's over. You can soak in the achievement now. I know maybe he was hoping they'd slip back into obscurity. Uh, he did make comments about how he stretched Bob during the streak because he thought he had to. Um, so maybe, yeah, like all that pressure was just getting to all of them. I don't know, but Tord seemed legitimately happy. Or at least not sad. <laughs> the streak was over. I was really surprised before the Minnesota game because 
usually he's the first one to downplay something, but before the game, he's told them, like, it's okay to soak in, like, this moment and this, the enormity of this game. Because, I mean, I'm going to be honest here, and this isn't being hyperbolic or anything, but there is a legitimate argument that that was the biggest regular season NHL game of all time. There were legitimately people from other fan bases that were mad at NBC Sports because they were not they were not playing it. Yeah, but was it the first time that two teams with a streak over 12 games met in a regular season in any sport? Mm-hmm, yep. And, I mean, we watched it, and, I mean, you could tell the crowd in Minnesota felt the how big it was. But yeah, that was quite the achievement. I don't think, I think as a Blue Jackets fan from day one, I never thought I would be talking about a team that won 16 games in a row and a team that is currently sitting at the top of the NHL and has been sitting there for a couple of weeks. No, I mean, whenever we've talked about it, whenever we've talked about it with other people, it's, do you think the Blue Jackets will make the playoffs? Do you think they won't make the playoffs? Never, ever once was it said, do you think the Blue Jackets will be the number one team in the league? Do you think the Blue Jackets are going to go on a 16-game streak? I mean, those things weren't even in our heads. They weren't even goals. It was, will they make a wild card spot was our biggest goal in life for the last three years. And they're the number one team in the NHL. And I, I think it's been interesting to watch everyone kind of take that journey of finally accepting that they're going to be a good team. Yeah, I forget what it, what was it like are they good? What, what was it we kept it was like is it okay is it okay now can we trust them, you know? And all through it. I don't think it was until they got till 10, like a 10 game win streak that we finally all kind of were like okay, they're for real. It's all right. I had said if they made it to 20 wins before 10 losses that I would be willing to say they're good and they could legitimately make it to 30 wins before 10 losses. So was tonight seven? No. Yes. Tonight was seven. Yeah. No, tonight was eight. So if they, they just, but they're, they're 28, eight and four. Well, I hope we Corby can get it for you. Because Bob's not going to play a back-to-back. So you have Bob. Are they playing tomorrow? No, over the weekend is a back-to-back. Oh, okay. They might play Forsberg again. Yeah. We'll see who gets sent down tomorrow. That's true. That's true. Because Bob will be better. Yeah. Hopefully. Dear God. Well, they'll, they'll probably send one back down. And then call them back up if Bob's not going to play on Friday. Well, they don't. The Monsters don't have a game until Friday. So they don't have to ship him back right now if they don't want to. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Like I said, I think what you'll see is... um, You'll see Forsberg mostly till the All-Star break. Then I think you'll see Corpy after that. And then I think you'll see them trade for someone. But, I mean, it's a backup, so you'll probably see them ship off some, like, mid-tier prospects and maybe a pick. 
I think. To get Curtis back. <laughs> I don't I don't know who they would get mm-hmm. out of that situation. I have no idea. I haven't looked at the backup goalie market. I mean we haven't had to up until this point because C Mac was signed until the end of this season. Yeah. I'm sure they could pick up someone out of that um, Chicago mess of goalies. I wonder if Condon could be gotten. Mike Condon? Yeah. He was okay last year, and he played okay those couple of games for Pittsburgh. I don't know. That would probably be the best bet. The baby goalie thing is such a struggle because they're both so good, and they just can't translate that in it. It's really frustrating. Well, I mean, Corpy's done it in the NHL, but I think I think the way he's played since then has not made me confident in his ability to continue to do it again. that. Yeah. And I mean, maybe he maybe he's just maybe he's just got this mental lapse because he's not doing it in the NHL and maybe it'll get better, but I'm I'm worried about it. And I just think I don't know how many games you give Forsberg before you just decide he, this guy can't do it. And I mean, I know it's one game. It is one game, but it looked like the same Forsberg that we we know. That's real. I'm really worried about that. So, um, we need to record more because we haven't talked about the power play at all. Number one power play in the league and how amazing it is and why it's good. Um, and like general game breakdowns, I think we need to do a little bit more of because we're missing a lot of details with our once a month recordings. So hopefully we stop getting colds so we can actually, uh, sound like human beings. Yeah. Hopefully that'll get better. The, the colds have just been flukes because, um, both of the colds I got, I got over relatively quickly, but Kelly's have been a little more complicated and she was pretty much just starting to talk normal again and then went down with a second one. Yeah, the cold comes in, Brad gets it for three days, I get a sinus infection and a double ear infection. That's how it works. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm usually out for longer. So this will probably, if you're listening to this, this is probably going to be Wednesday when this hits and... We will probably come back after the doubleheader. The double. We'll probably come back after the doubleheader this weekend and do a podcast. Probably release it next Tuesday. So stay tuned for that, and we'll probably do more of a breakdown of the power play. Start kind of getting into each player's performance this year, since we're hitting that half season spot. And maybe we'll do our mid-season awards. Yeah, we need to do uh, the best of and the... Yeah. And when we do our half-season show, we'll get into specific games. We'll go into our favorite moments, kind of highlights, lowlights. You get the idea. Is there any highlight, though, besides beating the crap out of Pittsburgh? Uh, Calvert's. Calvert's. Oh, yeah, Calvert. Calvert's goal. um, You're right. Calvert takes number one. Felino trying to decapitate that guy at the Flyers game. Ten nothing. We want ten. So I mean I think there's been quite a few. The um 
the first Anaheim game, the Washington game, the first one. What was the game that you got all emotional about? I don't know. The Montreal one. You tweeted about it. That was the Montreal one. That's the one where they like solidly like went ahead in first place. That was the one where it like became real like, okay, you know, they're going to win. They're not falling off. Well, thanks for sticking with us and thanks for listening. Yep. And I will, there's a little tidbit of social media night audio. We had some equipment trouble that night. I will slip that in probably on the next episode. Yeah, I couldn't hear anything. Yeah, and our just for some reason I think I think the equipment wasn't dealing well with all the, the background noise. So we, we did like five minutes, but it wasn't much of anything. But thank you for joining us as always. Um if you wanna follow us on Twitter, it's at JacketCast. If you wanna subscribe to us on iTunes, it's JacketCast. We are now on Google Music. I don't know how to find that though. Google Play. Google Play Music. You can check us out on Stitcher. Our Facebook page is JacketCast. And our website is jacketcast.blogspot.com. And that has buttons to all the places to listen. And please, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, Google, or any of those places, please leave us the highest review possible. The more reviews we get, the more exposure our show gets. Thank you, as always. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Uh, that's the end of my show. Dong.